You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is technically the second part of my conversation with my friend Matt from last week, so please go check that out. But if you haven't, you don't specifically have to listen to that episode. I split them into two separate episodes instead of a part one and a part two because the subject matter just changes quite a lot. So in part one, we talk about Matt's move to England as well as some of his travels around, the immigration itself, differences in culture, that kind of thing. And then in this one, we specifically talk about his hiking. So in that time before he moved over to the UK, he actually went hiking in the USA for three months doing the Pacific Crest Trail. So he speaks about that for the vast majority of this conversation, including what one needs to take when you go hiking, what to expect, those sorts of things. And then towards the end, Matt plugs his new business called Bust Builders. So there's links in the description. Obviously, he'll give you the full lowdown at the end of this conversation. And then I'll be back at the end of the conversation to give you a bit more information on what's to come and other bits and pieces. So without further ado, here is my friend Matt with his story of his three-month hike. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask as well, because we've been checking for about an hour, and um, there's only one real area I've not touched upon with... Well, it's kind of two, but somewhat twofold, is food. I, I know I asked you about this before because some sort of biscuits that you really liked, but um, that you can't get over here. But like, what's the thing that you you like the most in England that you don't have over there, and vice versa? Oh, flapjacks! You don't have flapjacks we, in Australia. We, I'm never going to, to Australia. Australia. <laughs> that is absolutely fucking ridiculous. We have flapjacks. Outrageous. And I think they they would have taken off since I've been here over the past five years. Better hope so. Um, I'll be livid. But flapjacks was not a normal thing. I can't like. Remember. And I can't handle that. Yeah. Uh, so food-wise, yeah. okay, so you guys used to boil everything. Yeah. So we used to boil things. Right. Okay, so boiled meats. Yeah. Not very appetizing. Like, it's, it's not a cultural food where you're like, oh, yay, let's celebrate <laughs> this. Um, school lunches was like Devon meat. Do you know what Devon is? I know the place, Devon. Okay, so so Devon meat is just pretty much processed B-grade trimmings of meat. Oh, like mechanically recovered. Where yes. they, where they blend up. That's most Frankfurters <laughs> in the back packets of Frankfurters. It says Whoever mechanically decide. recovered chicken. Yeah. So it's like chicken has been basically turned to chicken nuggets and all that stuff. Yeah. And all the stuff that didn't make it into the nugget, we've pulled out the stringy, cartilage, horrible shit. And then we just blended that again. Whoever came up with mechanically recovered deserves like an award that's so good like uh, I'd, I'd be curious to google to see how big that industry is it's like recovered meats oh. how much money do people spend on recovered meats I mean, which would normally go into the bin or the trash yeah. or be fed it's to a the good dogs. business model you know um so yeah we used to get these and it's it's hilarious now that i'm looking back at it so when you buy dog food you get these two kilo rolls that are like in a plastic wrap and they've got like a little yes, meal they look like all the sausages, but so that, that's how you buy your devon yeah and it costs you like Three dollars, so pound fifty for two kilos of Devon, and that was our sandwich meat. And so, oh, you, right. uh, and cheese. So in America, they have plastic cheese. Yeah. So we tend to have plastic cheese as well. You get the worst of both worlds. Oh, it was horrible. So you get <laughs> Devon sandwiches with cheese and tomato sauce, <laughs> and Devon and tomato sauce never really mis- mixed well. And that would be your school lunch, oh, and that's what you'd go with. And it was just like a basic sandwich, and you get your little treat. I mean, and we then- went through World War One and Two. We had to do like severe rationing, so that explains why our food. <laughs> took a big step back for like many decades after everyone else everyone else was like making all this fancy stuff and in England it's like 
Marmite, yeah. which I love Marmite, but it's because we went through the war, we had to ration, and I'm not, even though other countries had to ration as well, just to clarify, there were many countries that had to ration yeah. and stuff, but not you. No. no not you guys, well, you had no excuse. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I think it was World War Two when we had our depression, yeah. the economy collapsed. I mean, your economy has collapsed, yeah. It's not, yeah. Um, I've got a spotless record. But even then, that was good, because like the government turned around, they're like, okay, everyone's out of work, no one has money everyone's kind of struggling how can we make this a win let's commission a couple projects and that was when the harbour bridge got built and then so suddenly everyone who was unemployed could get a labor gig on the harbour bridge they had a cool story everyone shared it and so like now you'll have grandparents that worked on the harbour bridge or it'd be in your family or some will have a, a black and white image somewhere where people are sitting there hammering rivets onto the harbour bridge um, but that kind of uplifted everyone, which was kind of cool. Gave them a purpose, gave them something to do and a um, a wage, something they could spend their money on to at least stay yeah. above float. Where you guys, I, I have no idea historically what would have happened with you guys. You went through the same thing. Yeah, we've been for quite a lot of recessions. <laughs> we, we were just getting involved with every war there was. Mm. A lot of time because we were the oppressors trying to stop things. And then we went through that nice little we're stopping fascists stage. Uh, and then we kind of regressed a little bit. We helped America with some dodgy wars because we owed them reparations from World War Two. <laughs> so we ironically became the oppressors and helped in Vietnam and things like that. But like not as much as America was involved in Vietnam, but we still did help. And then Afghanistan and Iraq and all that jazz. Um, but it with with the food stuff. So the flapjacks, which I'm I'm so insulted by that you don't have good flapjacks over there. Um, Anzac biscuits, they were a big thing. Right. So you guys, I'm. You don't know what Anzac biscuits I've are. I've looked it up before, and every time I look it up, I stop looking at it and I forget it. Yeah, it's kind of like an oat and almond biscuit that's yeah. been baked. Um, and it's got a consistency to it. It's quite nice. It, it, it can be very brittle and tasty, or it can be very sticky and sweet, Yeah. Um, depending on how it's cooked. We do love biscuits here, so... Yeah. That's, we're Britain the biscuit nation. Yeah. That's well, what I call it. That's the thing I miss most, is the Anzac biscuits. So we've got every other fucking biscuit on the planet. Yeah. We literally have got all of them. You can buy, like, eight different variations of tins of all different biscuits. And it's the one that we don't have. Yeah. How and dare you, sir? That's another thing, too. The McDonald's tastes the same here as well. Like oh, the, does it? So in America, the meat in McDonald's, oh, yeah, you, just, you don't go near it. No. Um, and it normally sits with you for like two days. You don't feel right. Where here, it's a better quality meat. We, we have actual food regulation over here. Yeah. America is barely there. America uses so many, so many chemicals in their food, which have been banned across almost the entirety of the rest of the world. And America like, nah, let's keep putting in food. It's like, but it's literally been shown to be like, Increased mortality rate in children by 20%. It's like, yeah, but it saves us like three cents per meal. It's like, okay. I remember reading, so the American food standards for meat. Mm. So they grade their meats as well, A, B, and then you've got human consumption, pet consumption. So in America, their standards for human consumption does not pass the Australian standards for pet consumption. Yeah. So the food that Americans eat when it comes to meat, we don't consider that meat to be quality enough to feed to our pets. Yeah. <laughs> And that was a huge eye-opener. I don't know if that's still the case, but that was definitely the case five or six years ago. I think as a whole in America, that can be the case, but I think it depends where you go. Because a lot of the like the more southern states who are a lot more barbecue and they've got ranches, it's it's free-range meat a lot of the time uh, in certain places yeah. because it's free. But a lot of the places are like cities and stuff, they have to have... I've, um, stu- I've still never had a Texas barbecue. I would love oh, to have a Texas barbecue. Well. But yeah, they've got a lot of factory farming problems in America. That's another big issue. Even though they have like the same All amount the of land. land. Yeah, like they have the same amount of land as you guys, except they don't have the, like... What was it, like 30%, 40% of the middle, just completely uninhabitable? Yeah. Unless you're like an indigenous... Uh, yeah, person who just really knows how to survive in that kind of hard conditions. So that blew my mind. So in Australia, we're quite large, yeah. quite isolated. 
Compared um, to about 60 or no, you've got about 30 million people, I think. In, yeah. Because you've got half our population, yeah. but the same size as America. So America's 30 million um, people, just about, well, sorry, slightly more than that. We've got the whole UK is 60 million and Australia's 30 million. So yeah. you've got the same ish landmass as America, but 10 times less people. Yes. One tenth of the people. Yeah. And uh, the, I think. Half our population, like 200 times. The UK can fit inside Australia, I think, six or seven times, something ridiculous. That's like more that. than that, the UK. Yeah. It's, we're, we're about the size of an American state, so I think we're, we're 50 times, on average, 50 times, like ish, 50 times smaller than the. Wow, okay. America. So, yeah. So if you think about like, most that, state, most states in America are the same size, if not bigger, than England. I think Texas is like four times bigger than the UK. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's mental. I'll look it up to, nice. to check, fact check, but please yeah. say what you were going to say. Um, um, oh, what was what was I going to say? Um, uh, we were talking about oh, it was, it was the size oh, of the yeah, yeah. people living there. Yeah, the population wise. So, um, yeah, twenty seven million. Uh, you got your cities all around the coast. Uh, the inside of Australia is barely inhabitable because <laughs> um, because of the heat. Um, so we have all these cities around the coast, um, but the coastline's so large, it takes forever to get anywhere. Um, yeah, a lot of Australians like, despite we. Uh, we have a reputation for traveling around the world. Um, a lot of Australians don't actually travel. If you look at the stats, it's similar to America. Yeah, so we're so of, far to get anywhere, isn't it? Apart yeah. from some places in Asia. So it's a huge investment to travel. Um, but then also the majority of people in Australia haven't actually been to the different states. So oh, wow. for me, for instance, I've only been to Brisbane and um, Canberra or Victoria on the border. Mm-hmm. border and... Um, Sydney. That, that's pretty much all I've traveled and maybe two hours inland into New South Wales. So I haven't been in Melbourne, WA, um, Northern Territory, and then Thailand, because that's the easiest, cheapest place to go to. Yep. And then if you're going to cross the water, cross the pond, go to the other side of the world, that's a fairly big investment to go to your, your ticket and you're spending a day of travel or flying or a day and a half, two days before you recover. And it costs a lot of money like to get to Australia as well. It's yeah. not just the time. It's not just if you want a week in Australia, you have to take out nine days, if not 10 or 11. Yeah. And if you're also going to do a return trip, like for a few, it's not worth traveling unless it's for more than a month, mm-hmm. unless you're uh, relatively well off. So a lot of Australians don't do much traveling at all, but the ones who do travel, they tend to go ham and they do all the traveling. <laughs> yeah. And so that's where everyone gets a reputation of doing a lot of traveling. Um, in America, so when I did my hike, I got to Van- um, towards Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And then as I went to hitchhike, um, so the idea was I was on the wrong side of the States and I had two weeks to get to the other side of the United States to catch a flight. And it was a $700 difference between the flight ticket. Mm-hmm. So I was saving $700 by hitchhiking across the States. Yeah. And I think the States are about, again, forgive me, it's about 6,000 miles to get across. Right. And hitchhiking, you kind of like thumb out, see how you go. I still can't believe you hitchhike so much. It was a cool the, the idea of hitchhiking for me is like, I, I wish I could trust everyone on the road. But like the <laughs> fact that people trusting me yeah. as well is like, I don't think I look, I, I don't look not trustworthy, <laughs> but trustworthy to let me in your car on yeah. the road. Why is that weird guy, you know, Star Wars tattoos, asking for a ride? What's he going to do? <laughs> Sorry. So, so we had hiked for three months, mm-hmm. um, literally just like two pairs of clothes. So one pair of trousers mm-hmm. um, and some shorts. In my head, I'm having to make the adjustment. I'm like, don't say pants because pants here is underwear, not <laughs> trousers. Anyway, um, yeah, so we only have two sets of clothes. We're hiking. So we're doing like between 40 and 70 miles a day. Um, carrying out rucksacks. Uh, showers isn't really an option while you're hiking. Yeah. Um, and you also don't want to carry extra clothes. So you're... I carried three pairs of underwear or briefs and then I think I got down to two because it was just easier to use two pairs. Yeah. And 
you can do your insides out back to front, but you, you, you don't. You just kind of leave it the way it is. You make sure you get a good sweat on each day so the salt kind of oh, cleans you, and then you keep rough. going. Do you, like, wash off in streams and things like that? When there is streams, yeah. yeah. Um, but the problem with that, the PCT goes up and down through elevations, and you'd be lucky to find a stream every couple of weeks. Mm. Um, and then also time of day as well if it's cold. Like, it was before summer, summer was just hitting. And uh, so most of the streams were cold. If you're going to wait yourself, you're going to be hypothermic of night trying to sleep wow. like as soon as you lose that body heat um there's a couple instances where me and cody we'd basically just turn ourselves into a burrito strip down to our briefs go back to back pressed up against each other and you'd wake up shivering and then so you'd be rubbing against the other person to try and get some heat <laughs> to go back to sleep wow. and like you're not thinking about anything like you're not like oh this is weird no you're just like oh thank god i'm not gonna have to be the one to make some heat yeah and then you go back to sleep and enjoy it um, so bathing was like the last priority. So if we were hitchhiking, then it would be like, okay, you got to make sure you clean your clothes the day before you need to bathe. You might have like a little bit of solid, um, like deodorant. Yeah. Um, almost like those roll up sticks where you just cut off a, a chunk. So you just got a cube of deodorant you can use. Um, people get ridiculous with these hikes. Yeah, like, I know. I've seen some of crazy stuff, like so- cutting up like portions, like having something, well, this is technically one portion, but if I cut out, it's like eight or fifteen percent of it then that's actually psychologically speaking that will fill me up the same amount and then i can do that for every meal yeah and get this slither from each of these and put that as a separate thing and then water i need to obviously water checking water is a very important thing though yeah water's a pain um but even toothbrush they'll drill holes through the handle bar of the handle of the toothbrush mm. to reduce weight mm. so that way they don't have to carry it like oh, yeah. ridiculous no. things like that yeah, yeah. um and so you'd have to be careful. Like I started with a tent. I threw my tent in the bin after the third or fourth day. Wow. Like I'm just like, I can sleep with a tarp. Yeah. And so we just roll ourselves up in a tarp. If there was a storm, we'd put the tarp up at an angle and just yeah. kind of nest in there and just suffer through the night. Yeah. Um, and food wise, again, carrying your food, um, mashed potato flakes and, um, tuna. So imagine having cold mashed potato flakes, not even real mashed potato. You're just adding water, mixing it until it turns into the mash. And then you add your can of tuna and it's not enjoyable. So you're adding like flavor packets from like two minute noodles, like your chicken, your barbecue flavor packets, trying to get something out of it. And peanut butter is very calorie dense. So you take peanut butter with you. And there was points where we're mixing peanut butter in it. So you got mashed potato, (laughs) peanut butter and tuna. And it's just horrible, man. It was the worst. And then you're with your best mate, so you already get along. Yeah. Right? But it doesn't matter how well you get along with someone. If you're on top of each other hiking, and if you've got different fitness levels, you're like, you're like oh, I'm not waiting for you. Yeah. And we're quite independent. So it's just kind of like, okay, how about we just, you walk your walk, I'll walk mine. We'll bump into each other on the way. <laughs> we'll stop for dinner at some point. And then Cody, he always pushes things too far. So, like, if I plan to do a 50-mile day, he'll do a 60-mile day. I'm having to do three, four hours of extra walking. Then I catch up to him where we sleep in the same like the burrito. burrito, and we burrito. yeah, and then to save weight, we'd have one pot between the two of us, and we had one spoon each. <laughs> and so, like you imagine making a dinner, you're exhausted, you're emotional, you're like, why am I doing this? What am I getting out of this? I'm literally just going for a walk. Why do I have to extend this walk and make it to this? fucking painful and there's four or five mountains in front of me and you're just broken and then you have to sit there in front of a friend you care about but you're starving like uh, you burn six to seven thousand calories but you're only eating two thousand so it's just a constant hunger Mm. and so you're sitting there and 
it's it's all love. Like, there's no problems. But you've got your your bowl of food. You've mixed it all up. You both put your can of tuna in each. You both measure out your mashed potato flakes and you put it in. You both measure out your water. Because here's another thing, too. Like, if Cody's pushing himself and he's having too much water, then I have to give him some of mine. Yeah. But that's my water. <laughs> and if I want to push myself, I need that water. I can't let you have my water because I need my fucking water. Yeah. And so you don't want to run out of water or rely on each other for those things because it's like they become no-goes. Like they become red lines and you learn them very quickly because you both suffer for it. And you, you suffer for your your friend's mistakes, more or less. And so we'd be sitting there, we'd have the fire. And unconsciously, like you'd never think about it. Like if you eat a meal with someone, you you you're generous, like you let them eat type thing. Me and Cody would sit there across from each other and you'd be watching the other person's spoon go in the bowl to make sure that you were taking the same spoonful size or portion. And if someone had like too big of a spoon, you would then double down and have a bigger spoon. And then that causes a problem to get through your food. And so you both go to bed hungry and grumpy. Um, and so, yeah, when you're going through this, like putting so much stress on yourself, you end up facing all these situations, which are quite difficult. And then all the small things, like they just become magical. Like, yeah, it's unbelievable. So basically we'd, we'd kind of suffer through all that. Two or three weeks, we'd, we'd cross a road. Um, no one's there because you're up in the mountains. It's, it's a good two, three hundred miles from a town. So you kind of like, you shouldn't be there. So when cars drive by, they're concerned and curious. They're like, why are you here? <laughs> Who are you? There's nothing here. Are you okay? Yeah. And so if you've got your thumb out, they will stop and check in with you. And, uh, it was quite cool how open people were. They'd be like, when was the last time you bathed? Yeah. That'd be the first thing they'd say to you. Mm. It wasn't like, oh, are you okay? Would you like a lift? When was the last time you bathed? Do you stink? <laughs> and like, naturally, if someone comes up, you're like, oh, me? No, I didn't stink. Why would I stink? You're defensive. But yeah. you're like, oh, wait, no. Actually, yes, I bathed today. I've cleaned myself. I'm not going to put you through that. And uh, I even had one guy um, pick us up, take us in town. And he just said, jump in the back of the boot. And in America, you can do that sort of stuff, depending on what states you're in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I had a kind of a gentle introduction into hitchhiking. And I didn't have the intention of hitchhiking on the hike. Um, but when you have 20, 30, 40 mile road walks, walking on the road is so much harder than doing any hiking. Mentally is boring. Oh, it's the word. Walking in a straight line for an hour is harder than walking in a windy forest road for two hours. Yeah, 100%. And then it's just your senses. It's like being locked in a white room. And having unstable ground. It's it's just better for you. Like you're you're not mental. micro movements, isn't it? Yeah, where you just fatigue the muscle groups out on flat pavement. So they're the they're the worst. And then cars would offer us lifts and be like, okay, cool. So it, during the trails, people are known for that who live in the area. They know, so they're more receptive. Mm. And then it was it was a commercial decision. It was like, okay, we're doing this cheap. Cody had spent the past three years traveling and only spent seven thousand dollars, about three thousand pounds. Oh my god! So about yeah, a thousand pounds per year. That's impressive, beyond comprehension. Yeah. And I'm very much for that. I'm yeah. all for that. And so, and even when growing up at sixteen, we go to um, Coles mm. or like the supermarket, and if we had a gaming night, it was like, okay, cool, we're poor. We can't get all the treats, but so we do yellow sticker hunts. And so we'd have five dollars each and we'd basically see who who got the best like who's got the most calories, who's got the most carbs. We used to do something a little bit similar to when we used to used to go to music festivals when we were sort of uh college, so when we were like sixteen to twenty, sort of or sixteen to nineteen before we had actual like our own disposable income bar, maybe like a a, a job around the holiday season. So we were like 
I've I've saved up for this for this um, you know festival. My parents bought me the ticket for my birthday or Christmas, whatever. But then all the other money I've had to raise myself. So when you're in the supermarket, it's like I cannot spend this before drinking or anything like that. It's like. I cannot spend more than like eleven pound fifty, and I have to try and figure out how I'm going to eat for four days Often. in a tent. That's like not only that I'm going to want to eat, but I actually physically can make, and also that I'm going to want for four bloody days. Because mm-hmm. I made the mistake the first festival I went to. I was like, I'll buy all the stuff I like. By the second day, maybe the third, I didn't like that stuff anymore, and no. it took me many weeks to get used to it. Just party rings, I just lived on them. <laughs> And they're so fucking dry. I don't know why I chose them. But they were my favourite at the time. And now I don't like party rings anywhere near as much as I used to. So, so that game, it would be super satisfying when you just make the most out of nothing. Yeah. And like, it, it'd get to the point with us. Like, we'd be going to land parties and stuff. And then me and Cody would be showing up with like cheese and onion bread rolls and like meat that was just on its expiry date. Yeah. So it'd be like, everyone would be eating their munchies and we'd be like hey do you have a frying pan yeah can i use the microwave do you have a mixing bowl i've got this macaroni and cheese pan i'm gonna have macaroni and cheese where everyone else is eating their pizza and their snickers bars and everything else um so frugal but fun and uh that five dollar rule yeah is something me and alice now do as well so nice. when we have nights off where it's just like hey let's play games or have a night together it's not less splurge it's like okay cool here's your budget here's my budget we go off on our hunt and then we bring back our hordes of food together and we see what each other's got. we can each choose like one savory thing one sweet thing and then one other yeah thing. that's that's basically <laughs> it you can't have any more um so so yeah moving back to the hitchhiking yeah so being picked up engaging with strangers you've never met before all those sort of social things you kind of get used to you become more of an open person yeah and uh people are so interesting over in america um they're very welcoming i've heard as well the vast majority especially uh, without getting into politics if you're a white dude yeah if you're a 30 year old white dude in america most people if you're hitchhiking stuff like that will probably be all right with you you know when it comes to a lot of american culture because there's like no worries. <laughs> and know, it's a weird thing. The diversity in America as well, even when they have prejudices and stereotypes mm. and things like that, which might be old school that have carried on. Yeah. They're still diverse enough that you have alternate groups in yeah. the same areas. Exactly. So yeah. if you do have any negative experiences at the same point, the next day, or you can go 500 miles away from where you are and then have a completely different experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hitchhiking, uh, we were disheveled. We had horrible clothes with stains on them. We had worn them in. Like, I'm, I'm talking like two pairs of briefs for three month period. Yeah. Like, that's, that's commitment. That's rough. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I'd use the word commitment. Maybe it's commitment from those underwear from not just dying, mm. not just ripping themselves apart and be like, I can't live like this anymore. S- slight tangent. Yeah. Polyester. Mm. Never. Ever buy polyester underwear or pants. I've got bamboo underwear on. That's my favorite. Made of the bamboo threads. Yeah. It's so comfy. Fair enough. I the, swear by it. The polyester. So the cotton will deteriorate, but the polyester has no stretch in it. Yeah. So I had briefs on and because I'm hiking, my thighs are growing a little bit while I'm also losing weight. Mm. But the thighs, the briefs would dig into the thighs. The polyester is like a nylon rope that's getting dragged across your skin. So you got talc up. That's extra weight. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it got bad. Um, so I had to go buy new underwear as well because the polyester cut into my thighs so bad. It was almost like a, an open wound where it's just bleeding. And you, oh, I've been through that kind you, of thing. you stop the bleeding with pressure. You let it scab over, but then the moisture from your body through doing the hike and the sweating. The scab just falls through. It just, yeah. You just rub it with the, the polyester. It's just, it opens back up again. So you've got like this open wound on either side. the salt's side, going in there. The, into your legs. Fuck. And I remember it was just like, 
I, blood stains on the insides of my thighs. You can't put plaster on there. No, nope. it doesn't work. It's too slippery, and the area it's in, you can't put plaster on your inner thigh. And as work. you sweat, the salt is pouring over the wounds, yep. and so you're getting this stinging sensation every time you do big movements. Yeah. And so you do these little shuffles, which means the rope's then just doing these little cuts instead yep. of doing these long drags, and so it's just a different type of pain. Yeah, you, can't, you can't put tissue in there because the tissue just gets disintegrated into the wound as well. Yep. And then so you go to sleep, and then the wound would seal. And the pants or the underwear would then stick to you. And in the morning, you'd get up and you'd be taking small steps because peeling that polyester off the wound again is just excruciatingly painful. Um, and it got so bad. I'm like, I need a couple of days to recover. So we booked a cheap hotel in this little village and just rocked out. Have you any beds? Yes, yeah, sweet. Oh, hikers. Yeah, you're a bit early in the season. Yes, we're a bit early in the season. Um, our discount rate. So we paid like $20 for a room. Nice. And they had a shower and I remember how disgusted I was with myself when I took my trousers off and there was just lines of blood all down my legs, down to my ankles. And I had to like sit there with tissues and clean myself up and I just felt horrible. And then I remember sitting there thinking like, again, you might want to take this part out of the podcast, but it's like... I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> I'm like, I feel so disgusted with myself. I'm like... Wait, this must be like the experience for like a girl when she first gets her period. If she's completely oh. oblivious of it, yep. if no one's told her about it, mm-hmm. she had no idea it was coming. She's just uncomfortable. And then you're faced with this moment. Yeah. And then as soon as that clicked, I just had like this gratitude. It was like, okay, cool. I'm understanding. <laughs> That's a fair point. And actually. so I had to kind of get myself together and be yeah. like, you know what, Matt? Like, stop being so stupid and disgusted with yourself. Get in the shower. Clean yourself up. Make yourself good again. It again, must have felt it. good, though, cleaning those wounds in that hot water. Um, it, No, well, it was painful. Well, painful, but like when you clean a wound, especially if you've been walking for ages or something, it's always an unpleasant experience. But mm. after you've cleaned it, you've kind of got the relief pain. Yeah. Um, the really, It's a different type of pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then it took me probably four or five days to find some cotton briefs that would hold up that I could wear. And I had to just nurse mm. my thighs for a It's so days. hard when you've got wounds in the inner thighs and things. I've had things cut in before from hiking and stuff like that. And it is, it's horrible. It's the worst. Mm. It is. And then, so hitchhiking. Sorry, yeah, yeah, going go back to it. Do it. Um, so hitchhiking, we then made the commercial decision. Flights were a thousand pounds or whatever, $700 we were going to save um, by hitchhiking. And then me and Cody, we were a week apart. I was like, oh, he's got to get his flight a week earlier than me. And I'm like, well, how about we race and see who hitchhikes across the States and makes it to the destination if we make it. Yeah. Um, and that was also a decision because we're both six foot. We're both disheveled. I had this massive beard. hadn't had a haircut for three, four months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were not approachable in any way. <laughs> and we looked like serial killers. And you've got two of us together. So you've got these two six foot guys who don't speak American. They're just kind of... Aussies that are weird. Just, yeah and there's no way we were going to get picked up together and so I was like okay it's probably better if we travel so we, we kind of took a methodical approach so Cody left a week early and he got about a quarter way through the states before I left and then it was a race so I knew I was five days behind I knew his checkpoints because he was giving them to me yeah and we're seeing who could get the furthest yeah and Cody is someone who's Really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you beat him, he's the next time you engage with, he's beating you. Like, and <laughs> he learned. Yeah. It was an exception. And then you have to have a sheer power of will that equates to him or betters him, but that's not sustainable. So it's, it's, it's very rare. It's a horrible experience, but also really fun. Um, so he had done five days of hitchhiking and had not slept. Oh my God. And so you, he told me that he was like, and in America, when you go to these, um, 
service stations, they have these coffees that are extra large. I have no idea. They're like 30-ounce cups, which is like three liters. Well, as a, a Starbucks, so you get in Starbucks, you get the largest one is called a venti, and that's because it's 20 ounces. Yeah. So the largest Starbucks you can get in the UK, half that again is okay. the amount that you're speaking Which would be 30 ounces, which yeah. Which is a huge amount. I think that's, I mean, I was going to look it up. I was going to say that's, that's over half a liter of coffee. Yeah. Over. Oh, okay. Well, Oh, well, yeah, no, it's... 500 it's, mil, it's got to be more than that. Yeah, it's, it's a considerable so it's amount. 30 ounces in, It's three litres, I think. Uh, 887 millilitres. So it's 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 about 900 millilitres, so it's almost a litre. Okay, so it is a litre. Almost a full well, litre of coffee. I just remember it being a lot bigger. <laughs> you <laughs> anyway. remember it being like a big gulp <laughs> just, of like this, like a... Tw- like how big your fish? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they had like a supercharged mocha energy infused thing for a dollar. Oh and God. so he just lived off them. Yeah. So it's just like red bulling your way across the States. That not be good for his And part. he got really lucky and this old hippie couple in an RV picked him up and he just slept for two days while they drove him. Wow. And so I'm like, that's hard to compete with. <laughs> yeah, you can't really beat that. <laughs> so I was lucky enough to get some, some shots across the States, a couple hundred miles here and there. One 700 mile trip, which was good. Um, I slept next to some train tracks in a field. You got to remember, we were sleeping in a tarp on mountains for three months. So, like, roughing it out with the homeless is no problem at that point. Especially when you look homeless as well. Yeah, exactly. You, you, right you fit in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I slept on the train tracks, got back up. I'd be at the service station after I had my rest. And it took me a day and a half of me standing there. I refused. I said, I'm not going to sit down until I'm sitting in a car. Oh my so God. I, I stood there for a day and a half trying to get my shit together, holding my sign, trying to get a ride. And um, this southern guy from Georgia who's doing his track as a courier in his Dodge Ram, um, he's like, he was an absolute asshole. Right. He'd come up to me and be like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like excited. Like, I've got a ride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm heading that way. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going that way. I'm like, nice. And then he pays for his fuel. And he's like, have a good night. And then he walks out and he leaves. Wow. I'm just like, soul is crushed at this point because I'm already a couple days into this hitchhike and I'm trying to, I'm stuck more or less. Anyway, the next morning he comes back in again. He's like, oh, you're still here. It's like, yep, still here waiting for a ride. I said to him, how was your trip? Did you make it all the way down to Georgia and back? He's like, no, no, I just slept in the, um, the back of the cab. And I'm just coming in to grab breakfast. I'm like, okay, well, have a good morning. I was just like, I'm not going to get mad at this guy. Yeah. Anyway, so he had a couple of prods at me and then kind of walked off. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go have my shower now. And I'm going to go have my feed. And I'm still standing there. I'm like, no, I'm committed. (laughs) Um, Then he went back out to his truck, had a nap again for the morning. So he just got up, got himself clean, had a nap. Wow. And then just around 11 a.m., so the night before I was standing there, 11 a.m. the next day, I'm still standing there. And he's like, oh... I'm not going to Georgia anymore. I'm like, that's nice. A silence. <laughs> I said to him, well, I'm trying to get to Florida and Georgia's good enough for me. So I'm still, you might not be going to Georgia, but I'm going to Georgia. And then uh, he came back. He's like, you know what? I might be able to take you, but I'm not sure. I'm like, that's okay. Well, you can figure it out and let me know when you're, when you're ready. I'm going to be standing here until I get a ride. And if I'm gone, I've got a ride. If not, I'd be very grateful. <laughs> and so he came back and he toyed with me a little bit. And then he turned around and goes, I can't get you to where you want to go, but I can get you to here. And he just said about halfway. Yeah. I said, mate, that's perfect. Hmm. And then I said to him, I've got my license. I've done my international transfer. I've got my paperwork. And I've Googled it as well. I can drive up to like 12 tons. Mm-hmm. And so I could drive his truck, his trailer, and a load. Uh, so I could share the driving with him. And yeah. I said to him, mate, I'm more than happy to share the driving if you like. Because um, he, he, again, thought I was homeless. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, sure enough, he took me all the way down to Georgia. We ended up doing about four and a half, five thousand miles together. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was, smashed it. Um, I came close to beating Cody. Yeah. Uh, but then he got another career job where he had to go to another state and then double back. Right. And so Cody ended up crossing the states before me. Wow. Um, but I met probably six or seven different people who kind of stand out, which have stories attached. And there was times there where people would come at me to the middle of the night and say, are you homeless? Do you have a place to live? And then the moral issue when people turn around and offer you money and you decline it, but then they're offended that you declined it. <laughs> yeah. But you're trying to do the right thing because you're not homeless or financially struggling. You're just trying <laughs> to get a lift. But they're like, you can't afford food. And so people give you money or they'd offer you bars of food to think that you were destitute and needed help. I'm just like, this is, this sucks. And so you're trying to figure it all out. And I, I think I mentioned this to you before. It's like, okay, the money, I'm going to start accepting it because it's having a negative effect, me declining it, and people are getting upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm having to manage that, and I can't manage their emotions. And I don't care about the judgment on myself anymore because it's such a difficult situation to be. So I'm going to take the money. Mm-hmm. And that's like, what can I do with it? I'm not going to spend it on myself. And that was where I came up with the idea. Anyone who was going to drive me, I'd buy them lunch or dinner mm-hmm. as a thank you and share yeah. stories. And that was how I got along with people. And uh, long story short, um, Bryson was a gentleman I ended up doing the large portion of the hitchhiking with. Mm-hmm. I ended up meeting his family in southern Georgia. Wow. They had the very thickest accent, white picket building that hadn't been touched in 70 years. It was all decrepit. Um, he had three kids, um, all with different partners, and then another partner who wasn't a mom to the kids. And they had the best relationship ever. They were all drunk when we got there. And they had a bunch of guns out on the tables as oh well. AK 47s, pistols, different rifles. And it was just a surreal experience. And in Australia, we have strict gun laws. Same here as the UK. Yeah. I'm not used to this sort of stuff. No. I'm used to like all this safety and they've just got tables like of guns. one hunting rifle and everyone's acting like you've got a bomb in the Yeah, room. exactly. Where in Georgia, they got kids running around the tables with firearms. <laughs> and it's just like, what? And everyone's drunk. <laughs> Oh, no. And it's a sh- it's like, hey, in Australia, you get to experience this. And so I got to shoot the weapons, have a good time, and then uh, spent a week with them in Florida. I attended their wedding. I got asked to ordain or oh, be the minister at their amazing. wedding. And that was quite cool. But I'm like, no, because I can't commit to coming back every year. I think your uncle should do it. Yeah. So their uncle ordained it, attended the wedding, spent a week with that family. Um, again, lifelong friends. It was really rewarding. And so that was our hitchhiking. Eventually, I made it to Florida. And then flew to Switzerland, and that was where I bumped into the the commune, the the, uh, the free love, and all the hippies, and uh, it it was nice. It was pretty cool. It's funny, really, because like you've done so much, and there's you could do entire podcast on just some of those uh, small elements. But I want to note down. I want to take a break in a minute, um, and then we can go on to the Elon Musk thing. But I want to note down. um, I've got the sizings of the UK, the US, and Australia. So the UK is approximately two hundred forty-three thousand kilometers. The um, the US is about nine point eight million kilometers, and Australia is about seven point eight million kilometers. So just from a very quick Google, it's and then me doing a bit of maths. The UK is approximately forty times smaller. Than the US, yeah, and is approximately thirty-one and a half times smaller than Australia. So wow, you can fit so about thirty-one, yeah, about thirty to thirty-two UKs, which is England, Wales, Scotland, and then Northern Ireland. You put all them together, smush them together, and then you can fit them 
more than 30 of them in Australia. That's crazy. There's only 27 million or 30 million of us there. Yeah, exactly. So you've got half the population and your landmass is 30 times bigger than ours. That's crazy. But all of ours is inhabitable, though, like apart from the old cliff here and there. Yeah. All of it's inhabitable and it is pretty much all inhabited apart from a few fields. Um, and also you can drive from the top of Scotland down to where we are right now, the south of England, in one day. You, mm. you, it is possible. Um, it's, it's a long-ass drive, but you can do it. Not in Australia. No. And not in America. That's, that's, that's another thing about Australia. So the Blue Mountains. Mm. So on the east coast of Australia, we have a mountain range, mm. which is quite elevated. And so that blocks or changes the way the wind falls. Right. And so the differences in terrains cause, um, creates entrapments for moisture mm. and soil. So the soil stays, it's black, it's thick, it's nutritious, like it, it's good for the plants and you have greenery. But then because the rest of Australia is so flat... There's no protection, so the wind strips back all the soil, mm. and that's why it turns into like a desert. I see. And so it's literally just because the Blue Mountains are there, the ho- like two thirds of Australia is not used. Wow. Where like if we were to put another mountain range in, if you could, <laughs> God, <laughs> then suddenly top, top. you could have double the land. You could, yeah, it'd be quite cool. That's really interesting. It's it's so crazy how these ecosystems work, and it's just one of those funny things of the bizarre for the bizarre amount of events that made you be where you are and yeah. just there are lots of different coincidences that made you come on this podcast and meet me yes. that's what it's all about this is the pinnacle of your entire life this moment of us <laughs> the uh, defining moment yes um, but I realised uh, we'll wrap up this bit and then we'll do uh, a part two in a minute um, but I want more pizza yes. but um, before we go I'll put links in the description but quickly tell people about bus builders we'll do it in the second part as well but we'll uh, I want just in case people don't listen to the second part which would offend me dearly yeah. I want uh, <laughs> tell people what it is and I'll put a link um, in the description yeah no thank you uh yeah, so being in the UK, not being able to have hobbies, yeah. like, because I don't have the room, yeah. and I've confined myself to a one-bedroom apartment, yeah. Um, yeah, there's really not much to do. So it's kind of like, okay, I have an interest in people. I like dialogue. I like ideas. I like learning. Um, people who trigger, triggering people or provoking people. Um, controversial people. Controversial people. Um, they, I disagree with them, and so then I do a deep dive on them yeah. out of curiosity, and I find I agree with some things, and I disagree with others, and I also have a sense of humor, so I like people who are quite comic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, and the worldview. So, like, you're only exposed to so many ideas. It's normally limited to school. Yeah. The idea of podcasts is to share knowledge. Um, you get exposed to your interests, and you get to do deep dives, and it's got that social aspect of it as well. Um, so I had regressed into living off podcasts. Well, it's one of the reasons we bonded when you started working at Gallagher, wasn't it? Yeah. You were oh. like, you were like, you do know what a podcast is? And I was like, oh God, I've got the podcast for like five years. Yes, I do. Do you know who Joe Rogan is? Matt. No. Yeah, that was that quite was, cool, one our, actually. One of our colleagues said, um, when they met you, he's, uh, he doesn't uh, work there anymore, but, um, he said when he met you, he was like, well, as soon as I met Matt, I knew, got another mic haven't we just because oh. like as it was an insult to you or to me depending <laughs> but more of just the 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 interests in podcasting and the expanded knowledge yeah well again it's stories so people yeah. are drawn to stories so uh that was quite cool when we met and we did speak about um podcasts mm. it was it wasn't even a conversation it was just like name drops and then ideas or concepts and you wouldn't even complete the concept or idea it'd just be like either nod or no yeah and it's like oh yeah that concept from this person in this podcast yes I heard that and agree with certain aspects of that and then another podcast yeah and so that was quite cool mm-hmm. um, anyway so all those ideas tend to bring people together yeah. and people are oblivious to them unless it's podcasting and podcasting is very big um, but at the same point like the standard trade is not going to have time for it um, 
the mum at home or like the hardworking dad. It's only people like forgive me, everyone. It's only people me. who have nothing to do. Like you listen hey, to podcasts, yeah. But we all at you. we all got small worlds. Um, <laughs> but then also like that's the reward from it as well. It's, it, it's almost like going to school or studying again. You, you're just trading stories and listening to stories, which is rewarding in itself. Yeah. Um, so there's individuals that I like or enjoy. Um, sometimes for the right reasons, sometimes for the wrong reasons. And they're iconic people and they're part of the culture. And a uh, few of them, like uh, Andrew Huberman is a good one. Um, he's a general sort of science guy and he does a lot on protocols and health. So like tearing apart your life systematically and like, you know, being very structured and rigid in your routine to kind of better your life, um, which is a bit excessive for most. But then you, he's got this huge cult following and uh, the sense of humor kind of comes there, which makes the stories funny and you're drawn to it. And so I quite enjoy his takes and like the highlights and, uh, Hopefully he's releasing a book soon. Mm -hmm. uh, Jocko Willink's another one where he's released a few books, which is they kind of embody principles that I value. Mm -hmm. um, I might not apply them in the same way. David but Goggins I, as well. Yeah, David like, Goggins. Like extreme, like extreme motivation in a way. Yeah, exactly. Walk it off. Like yeah. stop complaining, get it done. But then um, you've got like conversationalists as well. Yeah. Rogan and obviously Jordan Peterson, which I we will have a conversation at some point, maybe after the Musk one, not today. We'll have a conversation about Jordan Peterson because I think a lot of people have a lot of angry feelings towards him and I agree with for at least a lot of his conversations I've heard I agree with a lot of stuff he says I don't agree with everything to clarify yeah. but there's these controversial figures that sometimes are misaligned uh, yeah. from, due to misunderstanding yeah um, and that, that's also part responsibility on the people that are presenting themselves that way yeah, as well yeah, yeah. Um, and that's also part of the draw that's why you're drawn to them to either disagree or not it's because it's something unexplored mm. so I find that when people disagree on things like that like you can have your opinions that's fine because you can reconcile opinions and agree to disagree but mm. the uh the discussions and the arguments tend to happen from a, a lack of understanding mm. anyway so these iconic people who contribute to culture if you want to call them iconic you know just people willing to put themselves out there on a podcast and um, summarize lessons and share I suppose little tidbits of wisdom mm. um, yeah and they they have impacts on people's lives like um, I'd almost say it's almost like a, a religious sort of thing like religion tends to give people guidance and yeah. then people go, okay, I don't like religion, but the, some of the guidance is good. So yeah. then you move into like philosophy and wisdom type deal. Um, and that's again, where all the messages tend to be the similar message across the same sort of narrative as spread amongst different people from different aspects. Um, anyway, so with the books, I quite like Goggins. Yeah. I like that when I see him, I like in my head, it's like, who's going to carry the boats, um, <laughs> stay hard and just, um, little moments that kind of stick out to me that I'll probably never forget and I'll carry with them. And I'm sure when I have a kid and he's upset, I'll be like, who's going to carry the boats? And I want him to scream back at me, I'm going to carry the boats. <laughs> I just watch him march along doing something he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I decided I was looking for ways to have a hobby, um, saving for a deposit for a house. It's kind of like, okay, if I'm going to try, because most people don't try to start their own business or, um, it's a big amount of effort and it's a big push to try and do something, put it together. And it's a lot of learning too, especially when you've got no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I decided I like the idea of doing concrete busts and stone busts, like uh, all the Greek statues of all the famous people oh, yeah. and heroes throughout history. And it's like, well, you've got these influential people that are academic or cultural um, that are quite important. History should remember them. And they have value in their messages. And it's also a conversational piece when you're at home. Yeah. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to have a try, see if I can make a stone bust. And I did some research. 
and uh, looking at artificial stones and hydraulic presses to press them all in. And, and you'd already in the past made planters and things as well. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I have got a few of. Yeah, so the planters was part of um, trying to explore that to see if I could do it. And so, yeah, made these concrete busts of these figures. So I've like Joe Rogan, Jarko, Goggins, uh, JP's in there. Yeah. Um, there's a guy, Derek, from uh, More Plates, More Dates, mm. which is he's a very interesting and niche type figure. He tends to critique people on their use of steroids. Right. Um, so he tends to go after all the bodybuilders that claim that they're natural or not. Uh, but then he's also part of like, um, he promotes self-development. He has a good sense of humor and he's, he's, he's got a personality, so he's quite cool. And you've got some quite cool ones as well um, coming up, which when this comes out, you'll be in the midst of that. So if you're willing to say what they're going to be, if you don't want to say them yet, that's fine. <laughs> but you can throw some ideas out of the other individuals that are going to be coming because the story is at this point still quite fresh and new. Yeah, so um, it's been up for two weeks. Um, I've got 10 busts up at the moment. And uh, I'm quite grateful for the sales I've got so far. So, yeah, it's I'm over the moon about it, selling 30 bus over my first two weeks. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and at the moment, it's just getting some exposure out there, uh, getting people involved. And I love the idea of, like, introducing people to the podcast or the individual and their books. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to partner the concrete bus with the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way I'm, I'm not just profiting for myself, but I'm also passing that back. Uh, to the individuals mm-hmm. um, by recommending them to buy the books or providing them with the links. Uh, the new sets, so I'm hoping to go from 10 to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the biggest ones at the moment, America, uh, to my surprise, I didn't intend to sell to America, but the majority of the orders have come from across the pond. Yeah. Um, so I've had to set up international shipping and that's worked. And so Russell Brand's going to be part of the next one. Uh, JFK Jr. again, very controversial. And you also, um, person. I cut, I've been cutting you off when you've been going on to say other figures, but you have got Clinton and Trump because those are both yes. very polarizing figures. <laughs> yes. Very polarizing figures. Yes. So you want to have them both there, you know? Yes, yeah, so I've got Trump in there at the moment, and I have a figure of Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And this is for my own humor, and it might be to my own detriment as well. Um, so if people do order a Trump, I've, I've, it doesn't say it anywhere on the website, but they get a Trump and they also get a Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and that's just for a bit of fun for me. Yeah. And then also, if someone orders a Hillary Clinton, then they get a Trump with Hillary as well, <laughs> which yeah. I quite like. Yeah, that's a quite a funny thing, um, yeah. And they're then, such polarizing figures, especially. Yeah, and then I'm... You don't want to knock someone when they're down. Yeah. Um, people's opinions, political, are diverse, and they're very... Um, they separate people quite a lot. Um, I don't believe Joe Biden's got his stuff together. Like, I'm surprised you didn't make a Joe Biden one, actually. Yeah, so I'm thinking about doing that, making a Joe Biden one, and yeah. that's also just to make sure that I'm... I'm representing everyone. Yeah. And that's just a bit of inclusion. And the sales will speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, this um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Yeah. Um, he's interesting. He's one of the most knowledgeable people and well-spoken people running. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with most of the stuff he says. Um, <laughs> but for the sake of having a discussion, he's willing to have the discussion with people. Mm-hmm. So his popularity is fantastic. And the fact that he can bring those discussions to everyone is amazing Mm. because anyone who disagrees with him, they're going to have to elevate their points of view to be able to contend Mm -hmm. um, because he spent so much time. Um, But yeah, so JFK, um, oh, sorry, Robert Kennedy Jr., Trump, Hillary, and possibly Biden. Um, I've got historical figures coming out as well. So that would be Tesla, Edison, um, Stephen Hawking's coming out. Einstein. Einstein, yes. Uh, I've also, like, 
white guy who likes rap, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is the two, probably, you got you got the two which are the people would know about the most. I think most, the stereotype of white people liking rap is these two figures that you've chosen are probably the two most known figures. Yeah, exactly, which is, um, so I've got Snoop Dogg, I've got Eminem, of course. Um yeah, if you're a 90s kid, Eminem. Yeah, 100%. I, I do love Eminem. Um, I've got De- uh, Donald Glover, um, so Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's quite cool. Um, and I want to do a Little Dicky as well, or yeah. Dave Bird, just because he's... Little Dicky would be good. Yeah, his humor's a bit, like, low for me, yeah. but then sometimes it hits. And he's, he's more of a win for me because... I have. I, I've watched the three seasons that he's released of his TV show. Oh, wow. I do enjoy them. Mm. Uh, at least 60% of the episodes are a hit. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, that was funny. That was cool. Yeah. That was clever. Um, but the uh, the jackass type humor is not my thing, which right, he kind of goes into. Um, but yeah, so... Oh, and David Attenborough, is that one of the ones? Oh, that? yes. David Attenborough is another one. Yeah. Um, that'd be a popular one, I imagine. So all the names we've mentioned, they'll be up in hopefully the next two, three weeks, um, which will then expand the selection of the shop by three times mm-hmm. which will then hopefully draw some more people in um, and I'll be buying some people when I film upstairs in the loft you'll be able to see some of them in the background because I'm definitely there's a few keep naming them and I'm like oh, I want that one and I want that one <laughs> and that one actually no you tell you what that one and that's yeah. another thing too it's been um, it's been quite receptive on Reddit when I've posted it to say hey would anyone be interested in this or just even as a when fanboys go too far Huberman <laughs> turns bust or goes bust type deal um, yeah there's, there's been a lot of positive comments I've had a few people reach out to try and do some commission jobs for books and stuff like that so there's something here so I want to work at it yeah. um, I want to grow it in the UK you can make a certain amount of money from the business before you register yeah. as a limited company um, I'm nowhere near that but it would be nice in six months to be in a position where I could mm. and uh, it's the quality's there like I've, I've done the survey I've done, I've done the survey I've looked at the other products I've bought bus from other people and it took me some time but I, I think I was minor more detailed and better quality and I, I've seemed to beat everyone for the price so <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful very yeah. very very hopeful uh, it was quite nice too so Alice my partner she's stopped sailing she's now working uh, for Amazon mm-hmm. and uh, she's part of the HR team and they have a uh, development room where people get to go sit down and read books for their personal development Wow! and she got to stack the shelves I was just like okay Alice here's your list of people <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's got Goggins books up there Jocko Willink um, I said to him like depending on the people and Amazon culture you can put JP up or you can take him down yep. depending um, and yeah so she she asked her manager whether he would without mentioning the association she had whether she, she could spend the money to buy the bus and so that was quite cool so Alice wow. was my first sale uh, she bought Jocko and um, she put it up there and I should probably be careful what I say in case anyone watches this but um, she had a work colleague who went up there and she was like oh, doing like a Instagram video or something oh look at David Goggins and his book Stay Hard and then he's moved across to Jocko this is Jocko Willink look at the resemblance this is so cool and then she's picked up JP but someone had already taken Jordan Peterson's books and Atomic Habits was up there instead wow. and I'm not too sure who the author is of Atomic Habits I should know that but I don't and so then this colleague of hers is introduced on Instagram <laughs> Jordan Peterson as the author of uh, Atomic Habits which is quite cool um, but yeah it's a bit of fun it's James Clear James Clear that's yep. it um, and then yeah I said we have a twisted humour I said uh, did you correct her Alice no I'm like shots fired yeah danger zone um, but yeah so that's been up they look good um, I quite like them mm. and uh, I have them up in my house yeah um, 
we've had to build some shelves uh, for storage and also like the manufacturing process, the different stages. Uh, it's quite cool. Uh, I can keep up with the orders so far and I'm just hopeful it takes off and I'm grateful that I get to share it. And it's quite cool. The, uh, the people I've met through it as well. Yeah. You get some really touching messages in the, uh, in the shop when people reach out to you to say, Hey, I want this. And this is why and gifts for people. And you get to know about the people mm. and the commission jobs as well. I had yeah, well, they're exciting to see how you can get away with doing those kind of things. Yeah. So the startup costs are quite high at the moment, isn't it? Cause of how you make it in itself. Yeah. Um, the, you don't have to deal with the finances of your company. No, no, that's to, like, the, please don't. If you the artists. So like I can do rendering and 3d modeling. It takes time and I'm learning. Yeah. And, I was a structural draftsman, so I've got experience in that, but not sculpting and getting the likeness of someone. Yeah. So I support this artist, pay him to do the um, the designs, get a commercial license from him so I can sell it, um, which costs extra. Yeah. So it's not just a side job. It's like, okay, cool and cool. Yeah. Um, and so he's been able to put most of them together for me, which is fantastic. And then the casting is a hard hard pace it's like how do you get the detail across without ruining it and uh concrete like most bus online are, are, are resin mm-hmm. so they're plastic um resin warps with sun yeah. and it becomes brittle with sun over time so it's like your pipes they just plastic and snap um and if i'm gonna buy a bus i want something heavy yeah i want something substantial um but then also postage so yeah I've kind of marketed it in a way where it's a bookshelf bust, it's a desk bust, um, it goes with the books, and it's it's got enough detail in it that it's recognizable. Like, I've, I'm so impressed with the level of detail we've oh, got. Yeah, I've seen them. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm hopeful that, that the sales continue as they are, and if they do, I'll be happy, and anything more than that is a win. I think your new additions will definitely help spread to a wider, more standard audience, because I can think... Of, I mean, five of your busts I won, um, but I can think of a few you've mentioned that specifically some of the listeners will be like, oh, oh maybe. <laughs> and then uh, once we – we also have to move in November. Yeah. Uh, so the place we're moving to will have room for me to actually take up this hobby. It won't be a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. Um, because basically I've had to negotiate with Alice and remove the dining room table out of the bedroom uh, – sorry, out of the living room. And so now we have these industrial shelving unit with a, a table sander and a disc sander and a cement mixer and these 60 gallon drums full of cement and sand and aggregates and sealers. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a right mess, but we're having fun with it. Um, so yeah, once, once we move into there, I'll go back to doing the planters again, yeah. uh, which is basically sets of three planters. Again, can of coke size planters with succulents i think i have uh, a couple here actually um you made as prototypes yeah and they're themes so um the star wars themes again whatever's relevant in culture that people like uh so you've got the star wars one c3po r2d2 uh the death star with um cactuses in them and stuff i realized i should have moved these upstairs ages ago oh. i've got the other ones but this is like a this is an unboxing video even though for something that you can't actually get at the moment now those ones are lethal yes but those ones are you've got to be careful you don't touch that because that one stuck in it there we go and then uh, we did helmets as well um, for the different characters so Stormtrooper Darth Vader and Mandalorian. Yeah, Boba Fett slash Mandalorian. Uh, that's Boba Fett, yep. Yeah, however one wants to do it. And then that was a uh, Stormtrooper, which was quite cool. Yeah, and I've got 3PO and uh, R2 in the in the lounge. And so I, need to, I need to remember, I keep forgetting this box is here, and I feel really bad, but it worked out for the podcast of just these kind of ideas. But these are the kind of quality, that they're heavy, and they're, 
They're great. I love them. Yeah, they're quite so cool. I'm not going to put them back in the box. I'm going <laughs> to. I need to put them upstairs in my, in my podcasting space. We'll put them behind us. Uh, yeah. So they're the kind of quality you can expect. They're the kind of things. So I've already got some. But yeah, uh, check out Bust Builders. Um, and what's the nice little motto? Um, heads and shoulders above the rest. That's go. it. Yeah. Fantastic. I didn't realize I got that from you well, until I mean, afterwards. I was thinking about names. I was trying to figure out what I was going to title the shop. And then uh, it is a bust from heads and shoulders and above. And so that just kind of rang. And so I put it in there and I was proud of myself. And then two weeks later, I'm sitting at my desk and I hear you say, oh, well, that's head and shoulders above something. I'm just like, you bastard. That's where I got it from. It came from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite a common uh, English thing to say. So, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll put details in the description for all of that uh, jazz. And, you know, we'll have more shows. In fact, we're going to record another one in a bit. Um, but we're going to have, you know, Matt on more frequently. But Bus Builders will always be in the description of those episodes and things. And as more stuff comes out, we'll share more on social media. Cool. So thank you, Matt, for telling us all about Australia and your time traveling and all and hitchhiking and all that jazz, as well as Bus Builders. Yeah. And, um, well, you can say bye to the audience, but I'll be... I'm, we're going to leave this area and we'll still be hanging out so. that's it yeah, pizza time for pizza and <laughs> some drinks exactly. and some fresh air too it's yeah, really it's hot stuffy in here it does cool. get stuffy um, well thank you for the plug and thanks no for having me on first time in front of a camera so hopefully it gets better over time but we'll see quite keen. we'll see if there's see if there's a change of the, the matelution mat matelution I don't know <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything that was a terrible thing that's right but friends thank you we appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you very soon Ta. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my friends, if you haven't already, make sure you go back and listen to last week's episode so you get the full introduction to my friend Matt. And make sure you subscribe to wherever you are listening to this because then you can hear when Matt does his third appearance on the show. I've already got it recorded, but I'm going to give yourselves a little bit of a break from the conversations between myself and Matt. Speaking of which, what have we got coming up? Well, next week is going to be another episode of Star Wars Rebels Reviewed. So it'll be myself, Dave and Math, tackling the third season of Star Wars Rebels. It's in the Road to Ahsoka thing that I'm sorting out. On Patreon, I've been releasing some Thrawn book reviews. And then there's going to be a little bit more Ahsoka-centric content as we get nearer the time. And then I will be doing weekly Ahsoka discussion shows on the feed of Comics Emotion and on my YouTube channel, Genuine Chit Chat. So you'll be able to watch video versions of it or listen to it or whatever. Just very excited for the Ahsoka show. So that's going to be next week's episode. And then the week after that is probably going to be the podcast I have recorded with a gentleman named David. So it's David Kerfis. He has got a podcast called We Are Melomaniacs. And he's also an author. He's written a couple of post-apocalyptical books. And he's got some other cool stuff going on in the background. We had a really cool hour-long conversation about extreme music, as in like extreme metal, as well as trauma, and how music can help people heal, because that's a big theme of his podcast. So it's a very musically orientated conversation mixed in with mental health and traumatic stuff. So it's a really interesting conversation, very powerful, and I'll give you more information of that when I release it. And then I've also got recording due with another Star Wars nerd, which is going to be recorded tomorrow. I'm not going to give you any more information of that, so you'll have to just keep an eye out when I talk about it in the next episode I release on this feed, or maybe it'll be after Star Wars Rebels, maybe in the David Kerfis one. But I have also got the third recording with Matt as well, that is the soft intro to our new series called Hot Takes, where it's generally Matt having a different opinion to myself and us discussing it. So this one is going to be about Elon Musk because Matt quite enjoys following Elon Musk's career. He does not think he's a perfect person, but we discuss some of the discourse around Musk, why people dislike him so much, and some of the things he's achieved that people may not be aware of. So it's quite an interesting idea. We've got a few ideas for other Hot Takes episodes in the future but I don't want to overload yourselves of just myself and Matt having loads of conversations. So that's what I've got due at the moment. I've also got another Disney discussions due, and then obviously Star Wars Rebels Reviewed 4, which will be the finale. 
there'll also be an episode of that likely released on this feed too. So lots of cool stuff coming out as well as all the other usual behind the scenes stuff that I've got going on. Obviously, you can check out the details in the show notes. So I've recently featured on Star Wars Timeline. So that was great fun. We spoke about Ahsoka at Nauseam. Then there's also my appearance on Comics on Trial where myself, Tony and Scott discussed Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And there's a few other bits and pieces going on. But the best way to keep up to date with what I'm up to is by either following me on social media at Genuine Chits Chat on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and Facebook. Or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Genuine Chit Chat. Every single episode of Star Wars Comics and Canon is on there, as well as all my Genuine Chit Chat episodes, as well as a lot of video versions of conversations too. Plus, everything is in loads of playlists. So if you want to really just hone in on one specific conversation type or topic or anything like that, then you can find them all there. You can also subscribe to the Pop Culture Collective newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter put together by Super Dummy Paul, and it's got myself, the Femon Collective, Tony Farina, Chris and Dave of VHS Strikes Back and Comics in Motion, and a few other incredible content creators. We each just give a paragraph or so on what we've got going on that week. Some of it is about releasing books or comics or podcasts or just guest spots we've been up to. Loads of great things, and it's just a perfect way to keep up to date with everything that I'm up to, as well as some other incredible content creators without having to follow us on every single social media platform. But I am saying if you are listening to this, please please subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's loads of cool stuff on there that you may not expect. And also I'm trying to push my subscribers up because my listenership is quite nice on there, but a lot of people just aren't subscribing. I suspect because there's a lot of Star Wars content people aren't overly interested on or people are interested in Star Wars content and there's a lot of non-Star Wars content there. But if you're interested in either of them, please just subscribe. It really helps me out and you can just ignore the odd video that is on your YouTube feed. But friends, you can support me in a number of ways. You can follow me on the social media platforms. You can share my work on social media. You can tell your friends about it. You can also leave ratings and reviews that really, really help out on Spotify. Just do a five-star rating. It takes like a few seconds. So if you're listening on Spotify, please give me a five-star rating. It would mean the world to me. In addition to that, you can leave a full-on review on Apple Podcasts, on Audible, on Good Pods, loads of great places. So if you're listening to the show and you've been enjoying it, please just take a few moments to leave a review because it does make a huge difference to the listenership and means a lot to me personally. And if you do leave a review or rating, even if it's just a five-star rating on Spotify, please just screenshot it, send it to me on any social media platform or email me at genuinechitchatoutlook.com and then I will send you a free episode of Afterthoughts and you can ask for one in particular as well. So trying to get that up, trying to get my reviews up and giving you guys free content on top of that. And linking in with the Afterthoughts, I release Afterthoughts every single week on my Patreon feed. So you can get access to that either by subscribing monthly on Patreon for as little as £1 a month. You get instant access to over 170 episodes of Afterthoughts. There's a handful of those which are myself doing Star Wars Legends book reviews, but the majority of them are myself and Megan reviewing things. So we've recently reviewed like Ted Lasso and Mean Girls, but also films we've seen at the cinema. We're soon to see Barbie and Oppenheimer, so I'm sure we'll do reviews of that. We did a review of Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny and that got lost because my recorder ran out of power. So we're trying to find the <laughs> trying to find the motivation to re-record that. And then we've got other cool stuff as well. I've got a 40-minute conversation with myself and Megan after our trip to Somerset, so it's a really, really fun one. And then I've got some Thrawn book reviews, both Legends and Canon as well. So there's tons of great content over there, and you support the show, and there are some other bonus things as well, like guest lists and that kind of thing. And if you don't want to subscribe to something monthly, which I completely understand, you can give a one-off donation at Coffee. that's ko-fi.com slash Genuine Chit Chat. You can give a donation as little as £1, just as a one-off thing, and you'll get two episodes of Afterthoughts. You can choose which ones you have, and I'll just send them to you. If you give me slightly more money than a pound, then you'll get more Afterthoughts episodes. So if you want to help support the show, keep these gears turning, help me afford the new webcam that I've been trying to afford, as well as a few other bits and pieces that I just put straight back into the podcast, 
please consider subscribing either to Patreon or by donating to my coffee. And if you can't do those things, then please leave reviews, send me a screenshot, and I will still send you some bonus content as well. But friends, that's going to be enough from me. Make sure you check out the show notes, as always, for all the stuff I've got going on on this podcast, on Star Wars Comics and Canon, and a lot of the guest spots I've been doing. And uh, I just appreciate each and every one of you listening, especially up to the very end here. And I will talk to you next week with Star Wars Rebels 2, and then the week after that with my conversation of David Kerfis. And I will note that any subscribers to my Patreon will get a bonus episode when I release Star Wars Rebels Episode 3 because I'm going to be releasing that on more than one feed. And so my patrons will always get additional bonus content from me every single week. And on weeks that I post the same content on this feed as on other feeds, or if it's a part one and part two, they get a bonus episode. So when this episode dropped on this normal feed for all of you to hear, my Patreon supporters heard this entire conversation and last week's last week and also got a bonus episode of Patreon today as well as on Thursday just gone. So loads of reasons to help support me in any way that you can. It is hugely appreciated. Friends, I'll talk to you next week and thanks again. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon found on the Comics in Motion podcast. Mike Burton